Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with Part 1 of this message entitled, Christ, Our Hope, preached July 15, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Christ, our hope. The ultimate purpose for all creatures of God is to glorify God. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are to follow the example of Jesus Christ himself. We are to live to the Lord and die to the Lord, to the Lord's glory, to the Lord's advantage. We are to offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual act of worship. Whether we eat or drink, or whatever we do, we are to do it all for God's glory, God's praise, God's honor. As people of God, we are all different. We are weak and we are strong. Some have little faith, some have great faith. We come from different cultural backgrounds. Some are Jews and most are Gentiles. But we all live to please God by living according to the Holy Scriptures. He gave it to us. So Paul tells us in Romans 15 verse 5 and 6 that we are to worship God with one mind, with one accord and with one mouth. The Holy Spirit who indwells all true believers enables us all to worship God acceptably in unity, in righteousness, in love, in joy, and in hope of the glory of God. In Romans 15, 7 through 13, we are coming to the conclusion of the doctrinal and ethical section of this great epistle to the Romans, where Paul is summarizing the exhortation of receiving one another, which he began in Romans 14 and verse 1. And the apostle in the 13th verse of 15th chapter again prays for all believers that we may live for God with the fullness of joy and peace and overflowing with hope of our sure and final salvation that will take place at the parousia. So first point, Christ our example. 15 verse 7. We are to receive one another following the example of the Messiah, Christos. He received us 
weak believers and strong believers, vegetarians and meat eaters, Jewish believers and Gentile believers. The Father loved all of us and chose us to salvation and glory from all eternity in his Son. He planned our salvation. The Son agreed to save all of us whom God had given to the Son that he may save them from their sins by accomplishing their redemption by his incarnational life and death and resurrection. In the eternal council, the Holy Spirit agreed to apply this redemption to all the elect without regard to the outward appearance of an elect sinner. Christ received us without reservation into his heart. We are in Christ. And Christ is in us nearer we cannot be. What great intimacy. In one sense, Christ received us all from eternity past. And he will never divorce us. For God hates divorce. Christ received us for the glory of God the Father, the text says. He did all things to please his Father. The unbeliever and the backslidden Christian does all to please himself without regard to pleasing anybody else. Christ did exactly what his Father wanted him to do. He did the will of God with great delight, we are told. Doing the will of God was his food. And we read in John 17 and verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. He receives and saves only sinners. You can come and tell him how great you are. He will not save you. You better come just as I am without one plea. He did not come to seek and save the righteous. He receives sinners without discrimination. So we are exhorted to receive one another. Before he told the strong to receive the weak. Now it is the responsibility of all. We are God's family. We are all God's children. Each must receive the other because Christ has received us. And we are to receive one another even as Christ has received us without any reservation. We are to love one another as 
we love ourselves. We are to receive one another into our heart and home. We are to lay down ourselves for our fellow believers. Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must, you must, you must love one another. Christ loved us by dying for us. We must forgive one another even as God in Christ has forgiven all our sins. This is not an option. This is the new command of Jesus Christ. And we are to receive one another in this way for the glory of God. If we do not receive one another, whom God has received and Christ has received, we dishonor Christ and our Heavenly Father. The triune God has received us, therefore God's holy church must receive one another and thus glorify God. This means we are to fellowship with all God's people. And fellowship is something created by the Holy Spirit. So the benediction goes this way. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will receive one another as Christ received us. If we don't receive all God's children, then we are not God's children. If we don't forgive God's people, we are not God's people. It is by our love for one another, the world will know that we are Christians. Let me ask you the question, what is the real essential difference between weak and strong and Jew and Gentile and rich and poor, masters and slaves? There is no difference. Christ found them all powerless, sinners, ungodly, enemies of God, dead in sins. And under God's wrath, I said, there is no difference. So Romans 3, verse 22 and following this, righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely. By his grace. Through the redemption. That came by. Christ Jesus. Friends. God justified us freely. By his grace. And united us. To God. And to one another. And so here there is no Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all 
and is in all. Or Ephesians 2, consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, all people. Ephesians 3, 6, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Number two, Christ, God's deacon, God's servant. How did Christ receive us? 15.8 explains 15.7. Christ received us by his diaconal service of obedience to the Father's salvation plan. In 15.8, Paul reveals a solemn truth. Christ has become a deacon, a lowly servant of the circumcision. The Old Testament promised a Messiah, a spirit-anointed deliverer, a suffering servant. So Isaiah says in chapter 61, the spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Christos means anointed one. Holy Spirit, anointed one. Competent deliverer. And this one was the sinless son of God. He said, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? And Pilate, the governor said, I find no basis for a charge against him. He said so three times. The writer to the Hebrews says, such a high priest truly meets our need one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. In the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman, born under law. That is as a Jew, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Friends, because of the sufferings of the eternal son as a servant of God, we have become sons of God with rights and privileges. Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the most horrible death on the cross Christ our servant sir 
Luke 22:27 For who is greater the one who is at the table or the one who serves is it not the one who is at the table but I am among you as one who serves Christ became a servant of the circumcision to Abraham God gave the sign of circumcision to seal his covenant with him and he said to him in Genesis 17 verse 10 this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you the covenant you are to keep every male among you shall be circumcised God did not make any covenant with the gentiles They were foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world says Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 Salvation was of the Jews of the Jewish Messiah Jesus and the jewish apostles proclaimed the gospel to the gentiles so romans 1:16 says for i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes but first to the jews and then to the gentiles in ephesians 1:12 and 13 in order that we who were the first to hope put our hope in christ that is the jews and you also were included in christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation first the jews then the gentiles to the canaanite woman of matthew 15 you read recently jesus said i was sent only to the lost sheep of israel but the truth is the gentiles were included in the abrahamic covenant so genesis 12:3 says i will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and then later this adjustment to that and through your offspring all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me and that offspring is jesus christ So we read in Galatians 8 and 9 scripture foresaw that God would justify the gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham All nations will be blessed through you And he already told us in Romans 4:16 and 17 therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring not only to those who are of the law that's the Jewish people but also to those who have the faith of Abraham he is the father of us all as it is written i have made you a father of many nations So Jesus Christ became a servant of the Jews the text says in behalf of God's truth that is 
Christ came to prove the truthfulness, the veracity, the reliability, the dependability of God and his covenant promises to the Jews and through them to the Gentiles. Friends, Christ is the proof of God that God can be trusted in everything he says. His promises and his threatenings. Brother, you sit there. Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ or not? If not, you are a rebel. You are a self-righteous, wicked person who says God cannot be trusted. You ask the question, if God can be trusted, can you be trusted in what you say? Can you be trusted in your marriage? Can you be trusted in your business dealings? Can you be trusted when you commit yourself to God's church to do what is right? Can you be trusted when you said, Jesus Christ is Lord and was baptized? Can you be trusted? The people of God must be trusted because they are God's children and God can be trusted. God does not lie. And we read in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. So who lies? Man lies. Let God be true and every man a liar, he already said in Romans. God is not man that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And Titus 1 verse 2 says, God cannot. He cannot do certain things. He cannot sin. He is not the author of sin. He cannot lie. And we are told in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are what, sir? Yes, in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Jesus Christ fulfills every promise God has made. Friends, God is truth. Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Abraham believed God and was about to burn up his son Isaac as demanded by God. Though the Messiah was to come through him. Why? We are told in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead so that the Messiah will come through Isaac. Friends, have you believed the gospel which Christ came to accomplish and proclaim? The gospel, the servant accomplished for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel accomplished by Christ. 
So Matthew 16 you read recently from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life Christ God's servant in accomplishing our redemption friends have you believed the gospel of god concerning his son as we read in romans 1 and 1 through 4 friends if you refuse to believe this gospel you declare that god is a liar and he will surely judge you on the last day so in my book on first john i spoke about this first john 5 9 and 10 we accept human testimony friends you cannot live one moment if you don't accept human testimony that's the way we live by accepting human testimony but god's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of god who cannot lie who is truth who is holy testimony of god which he has given about his son whoever believes in the son of god accepts this testimony whoever does not believe god has made him out to be a liar whether you accept it or not you have done it every unbeliever is saying that god is a liar and christ is a liar and holy spirit is a liar and at the same time with the same mouth you are saying you are righteous you don't need a savior made god out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony god has given about his son so paul declares that christ came as god's servant to confirm that is to fulfill god's covenant promises to the fathers abraham isaac and jacob the purpose of incarnation after 2000 years god through his son the suffering servant fulfilled his promises to save all his people jew and gentile so don't despise the jews because salvation is of the jews and don't despise the gentiles for they were included in the abrahamic covenant christ atoned by his death the sin of all whom god chose from all eternity and gave it to his son that he may save them the salvation of the gentiles was anticipated in the old testament it was not an afterthought so a servant of the jews to prove the reliability of god by fulfilling god's promises to the fathers god sent his son that the gentiles also worship god 
Number three, sir, Christ, our hope. And number four, Christ, our mercy seat. Christ, our hope, sir. God's anointed one, Jesus Christ, lived and died and rose again. That all those who believe in Christ, Jews and Gentiles, yea, all the families of the earth, be saved. Saved from God's own wrath. That all believers with one mind and one accord and one mouth worship God. So now Paul quotes four Old Testament scriptures to prove this point. That God's salvation reaches not only to the Jews but also to the Gentiles. These four quotations come from all parts of the Old Testament scriptures the law, the prophets, and the writings. The scripture, friends, is our final authority when the scripture speaks, God himself is speaking, and when the scripture speaks, all arguments must cease. All arguments must cease. Husband, love your wife, that should be the end of the argument. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So Psalm 18.49 speaks of the Messiah singing among his conquered Gentiles. Yeah, Messiah conquers us first. That we may confess him as Lord. Messiah is singing among the Gentiles. They may hear, believe and join in. Deuteronomy 42, 43 commands the Gentiles to worship God with his people Israel. This was what was happening in the Roman church. They were fulfilling this prophecy by their united worship of God, Jews and Gentiles on equal footing, praising God. The third quotation, Psalm 117, verse 1, commands, God commands Gentiles themselves to sing to the Lord, not to their respective gods, but they worship the true and living triune God. The gods of the Gentiles are demons. They must abandon all their idols of demons. And worship the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we evangelize. That's why we witness to the whole world. Go into all world. And make disciples of all nations. And Isaiah 11 verse 10 specifies that the Gentiles will hope. Hope in the Messiah. The Jewish Messiah. The root of Jesse and the son of David. Jesus Christ was Jewish and is Jewish. The Messiah, the root of Jesse shall spring up one day. The one who will rule the nations one day shall rise up. The Gentiles shall hope in him, sir. Christ our hope, sir. There is no other savior than the Jewish Messiah. Salvation is found in no one else. 
Did you know, young man, old man, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by God, whereby we must be saved. The Gentile Philippian jailer cried out in terror, what must I do to be saved? And the answer came, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? I'm asking you today. And tomorrow you may die. Revelation 22, 16 speaks of Jesus as the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. These are messianic titles. There is no other Messiah, there is no other Savior, there is no other King, there is no other God, but Jesus Christ our Lord. All peoples of the earth are to abandon their idolatrous religions and bow their knees to Jesus Christ and confess with their mouth, Curios Jesus, Lord Jesus. Finally, Christ, our mercy seat, sir. The Gentiles worship God as a result of the atoning work of the Messiah. They worship God who per eleus because of mercy. Mercy. They worship God for God's mercy shown to them. Every sinner is saved by mercy alone. The Jew is saved by God's mercy. The Gentiles also saved by mercy. There is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are spiritually dead. Everyone has become an enemy of God in thought and action. That's why you don't trust in him. You are an enemy until God conquers you. Everyone is under God's wrath. Everyone is to be destroyed. Yet God shows mercy to all who repent and believe in God's Christ. God's mercy seat in his person and atoning work. God pities us. God pities us. God pities us. God shows us unmerited favor. Those who merited eternal death, he in mercy gives eternal life. So we read in Ephesians 2, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, total obedience, like the rest we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. And Paul said in Romans 11, 30 and 32, just as you were at one time disobedient to God, have now received what? Mercy as a result of their disobedience, the disobedience of Jewish people. So they too have now become disobedience in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. 
for god has bound everyone to disobedience so that he may have what's a mercy upon all in romans 12 and verse 1 says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of what's a mercies diaton oiktermon because of god's mercy so oh, mercy there was great and grace was free and pardon there was multiplied to me second corinthians 13 says praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies one mercy after another mercy after another mercy comes to us daily all the days of our lives faith in jesus christ is the only requirement for jew and for gentile the publican believed and prayed have mercy upon me a sinner and he went home justified saved he went home singing and dancing and praising god for mercy Rahab the prostitute believed and received mercy Ruth the Moabitess believed and received mercy the Canaanite woman whose daughter was demonized believed and received mercy the dying thief from the cross believed in Jesus Christ and received mercy and went to paradise he even grants you that faith he gives you saving faith as a gift for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is what the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast and paul says for it has been granted to you as a gift in behalf of christ not only to believe but also to suffer for him believing is a gift that god grants to all his people friends there is no discrimination at the foot of the cross of christ are you a gentile dog come unto me i'll give you rest says jesus christ are you a jewish sinner no problem come unto me and i will give you rest says jesus christ have you friends gone to him for mercy have you trusted in him and hoped in him this christos who became god's servant who accomplished our redemption have you gone to him for mercy as a sinner just as i am without one plea friends come to him now believe on the lord jesus christ today that you may join all god's people in heaven and honor to worship god saying worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory heavenly father we respond as samuel responded speak lord your servant do hear and help us o lord not only to hear but to do your will that we may receive your benediction this we pray in jesus name amen